My name is Marcel Hansen, and you're listening to Small Habits, Big Changes. Let's dive in. For those of you out there who want to make substantial change in your life in this coming year, and always, for those of you who are looking for a way to get started, something you can gain some traction from, a healthy habit that has eluded you, or maybe something you've never even thought of. Today, I'm going to share 101 things that you could do, that most of which I have done, many of which I still maintain doing. And I want to preface this by saying, I guess I'm baffled. There are so many things that people will do to optimize their workplace or even outfit their vehicle, different rims, pinstripe, different interiors, seats, change out your exhaust, so many things that people will do to optimize their wardrobe, buy those classic black trousers or that amazing go-with-anything black blouse. And yet when it comes to our well-being, what I'm hearing is that most people don't really have it on their radar to improve, to thrive, to optimize. I really don't understand that. I don't get it at all. Yet, since that's some of the message that I'm hearing, some of the feedback, I think I could go on and on. I could have a whole episode on each and every one of these things I'm going to mention. However, if you are looking for change, if you are looking to better your life, better your relationship, better just the quality of every aspect of your life, some of these things will land with you. And even if you are an adult, I invite you to approach these activities with an open mind and with a curious mind, that of a child, because it's going to take time for you to figure out what works for you. I've been on this journey specifically wellness journey, nearly 30 years. And it has taken time to assemble a myriad of go-tos, tools in my toolbox, if you will, that when certain things happen, I can address them with these modalities or techniques or tools. And more importantly, I'm of the mind to be on the preventative side. So if I take good care of myself, yes, I could get hit by a bus. Somebody always wants to mention that. And if I take good care of myself, and that is my focus, things align in the universe to support that well-being. And when things do happen, I want to be as prepared as I possibly can. And I want you to be prepared as well. And in case there's still some of you out there that are thinking you're on the fence, you have some awareness about wellness, but you're not sure if you even want to give it a go and try something and commit to something eventually for your betterment. Here's some reasons why healthiness, preventativeness, wellness, making good decisions is in your benefit. One, your energy stays consistent throughout the day. Myself, as an example, when I wake up, I have just as much energy as I do when I go to bed and it sustains all throughout the day. There are times where it may lull a little when I'm doing something that's lower key, but I don't have that roller coaster ride that I have to manage along with everything else in life. My energy stays consistent. It's dependable. You know that you can depend on that constant supply of energy because you have maintained your well-being. You're emotionally, physically, intellectually fit. 
along that lines, your brain works better. There is a coherence between your brain, your breath, your heart, your entire being that when it's high, you can tackle a lot more things with ease. Problem solve both mentally and physically. You can get shit done consistently and have a higher output. Your unhealthy stress goes down. There's a certain amount of stress that we need to maintain that helps keep our sympathetic nervous system active. We need to be alert. And so there is a matter of stress that your body needs to be under in order to function at its optimal level. I know that sounds contradictory because we associate stress with something negative and it's actually not. It can become negative when it's chronic, but there is a certain amount of stress that the body needs to maintain in order to stay in balance with our autonomic nervous system. Your sleep improves, your digestion improves, your skin improves, you strengthen your immunity, so your immune system runs more optimally, your healthiness, your longevity all increases. So your life expectancy, not just the years that you'll live, but the quality of life that you'll live all increases. I think in general, you feel more at ease, more calm, more balanced, more sure-footed. Problems don't really appear as problems, rather opportunities. And the solution isn't far behind. If you have some of these techniques, some of these tools in your tool bag to rely on. And if one doesn't work, and you are indeed committed to your growth, then you'll try another, and you'll try another. And after the 100 I give you today, 101, you're not likely to run out because when you approach your wellness and life in general with a curiosity, you'll keep going. And if there's ever a rabbit hole for you to fall into, it's not on social media necessarily. It's in your own self-care in your self-health, your mental fitness, your emotional fitness, your physical being. It's pretty exciting when you get in there. You gotta trust me on that. And if you're not getting excited about it, yeah, you're probably looking at the wrong thing, something that doesn't resonate with you. Let's just get into the list. I'm gonna drop some of these and see how they land on you. I've already alluded to some of these in the last couple minutes, but being curious. Be curious about why a certain thing is or what's going on. Like, what could your message be? What could your body's message be telling you, trying to convey to you, communicate to you? If your knee's clicking, if your jaw's tight, if your hair's falling out, if your eye's twitching, what could be behind that? What could the communication be? Your body's trying to tell you something. Check out Louise Hay, Heal Your Body. Breathing. I think we live in the most amazing time right now where breath work has really come to the forefront and it's so accessible. Yes, you could do box breath. You can increase your inhalation to activate more so your parasympathetic. You can increase your exhalation, the amount of time it takes to exhale. That length increase supports and activates your parasympathetic nervous system, okay? Helps you rest and relax. And we do this naturally, but you can do it conscientiously and with intention as well. 
you know, after a long day, you hear people go, there's a little bit of a sigh and a, a larger exhalation there. Our body is trying to get us to do the things it needs us to do in order to stay in integration, to stay balanced. But you can focus on that if you're struggling with that. You can blink your eyes. It's a good one, actually. You can engage in massage, acupuncture, acupressure. There's things that you can do rhythmically to work out certain muscles in your body. And you can do them with your hands as well. There are several meditations that run you through every muscle or area in your body. You certainly can use those to see where you're holding tension. I'm a big believer in flexing. I said this to my stepson years and years ago. I said it was one of the biggest and best kept secrets I had is that you build muscle by flexing. And now it's actually proving true. Small movements can be just as impactful. So don't feel like that it's too big of a gradient for you to get up and go for a walk. You can sit and control the muscles that you do have control over. If you're older, if you have some impairment, if you're having challenges right now, you can get yourself going by these little consistent efforts. Your body will respond in accord. The key is doing it consistently. Speaking of blinking, you know that you spend, the average person spends 10% of their waking hours with their eyes shut. Isn't that wild? I thought that was a pretty good little tip. Not because you're closing them for any duration of time, except to blink. 10% of your waking days, your waking hours, interesting. For some of you, it's about being still. Just finding a balance, whether you're leaned up against a wall, you got 30 seconds while you're waiting to go into an appointment, to a meeting, to class, to work, find some structure, lean up against it, 10 seconds, just focus on your breath, be still. The easiest breath to remember is probably the box breath, which is basically inhalation, holding, exhalation, and holding the same count, typically a four. So you would inhale. For four, you would hold that. For four, you would exhale for four, and you would hold that emptiness for four, and then repeat in a box. Inhale, hold, exhale, hold. Inhale, hold, exhale, hold. It's called the box breath. Super easy to do, just like the box step. Rinse and repeat. You can try mudras. Many of you may not know what a mudra is, and I'll leave that for another day, but I found a book on mudras, and I still have it to this day. It's fantastic. I think a Norwegian woman is the author, and I found it in the 90s, and it was fantastic. I have used many, and I can attest to their effectiveness. Fantastic. Ancient, ancient wisdom in uh, mudras. You can move your body in any way, shape, or form. To be honest, Whenever I'm filming these episodes for the podcast, it's probably the hardest time because I'm not one to sit for 30 minutes. Typically, I'm moving around. And so I don't during the podcast often break, but it would be nice to get up and move the body. So you can do it if you're stuck, say you're at a meeting or in class, you can wiggle your toes gently. You now you can flex your muscles. Again, I'm big on flexing. 
you can try reframing a thought, maybe something that you say over and over to yourself, or you hear yourself say out loud, you could reframe and change to a light that you appreciate or that is more positive. You can raise your standards. We've talked about this a bit, but essentially doing a little clean out of what doesn't work in life, your life particularly, and raising the bar. Raising my standards has been probably one of the greatest gifts. I don't know if I was going to say top 10 that I've given myself in that it allows me to live basically drama free, but also it provides a growing, clearing space. Just like in your garden or with flowers, when you deadhead, when you're taking off what has died and is no longer serving that flower, so it can continue to grow. We have to do that with our life, with our relationships, with maybe our wardrobe, with things that we keep around for whatever reason. It's good to alter, if necessary, the things we accept in our life and to raise our standard. You deserve that. You can try exposure to heat, whether it be photobiomodulation or sauna. You can expose yourself to cold, whether that be turning your shower cold for the last 10 seconds, 30 seconds, one minute of your shower, actual cold plunges, whether it be just on your feet, just on your hands, or just on your face. Uh, I don't recommend most of those for women until they are postmenopausal, pretty significantly postmenopausal. And if you want to know more about that, I am more than open, but I'm not a huge fan of women below the age of 55, 60 doing excessive cold plunge. Tapping, so EFT, lots of resources available online for tapping. You can ask better questions of yourself and of others. It's a great habit to take on. You can practice laughing, can prioritize. Some of us, we just need to lie down. In the middle of the day, you just need to lie down on the floor, on your bed, on a couch. I recommend the floor because there's something a bit grounding about that. Sometimes just 30 seconds, just decompress. Just let your body have a break from gravity. Grounding in general, earthing, going barefoot, trying barefoot technology shoes with a zero drop. So the closest thing to barefoot might be an advanced one, but it, it's a big one. It gets you going in the right direction for sure in relation to your physical well-being. We won't go deep into grounding right now, but there's so much there. It's definitely worth your attention. You can count your blessings. Focus on gratitude. If you need something structural every single day, you can get a gratitude journal where every morning you're writing down, say three, you can go on and on, but three things that you're most grateful for. And just before you go to bed, repeating those as well. A lot of these techniques or tools when they're implemented, they are optimized if you track them. So you're going to get the most out of them when you can see what you've gotten out of them. I know it sounds simplistic and it is, and it works. A big one is laughter. If you are having a hard time or feeling down, find something that continually lifts you up, whether that's watching kitten videos or old reruns of Ellen whatever, stand up, Dave Chappelle, Matt Reif, whoever it is that makes you laugh, give a listen because laughter is indeed a medicine. It truly is. Earlier, I mentioned about raising your standards. That goes along with 
minimizing what's around you. So to get rid of clutter, to minimize what you're consuming, and it makes it a lot easier to organize and live uh, clutter-free when you have less stuff. Focus on your sleep, focus on your nutrition, focus on your hydration, focus on your movement, what I call my stable table, those four things. Get out and get in the sunshine, primarily at sunrise and at sunset. These are the most important times of the day. If I had to name one, it would be in the morning. The sunrise is the most powerful time where you get out. We got receptors in our skin, in our eyes. It sets our circadian rhythm. If you want to sleep well, the morning before you want to sleep well, you want to get out in the sun. And actually, you want to do it every day if you can. There is a lot of modalities that run really close to mudras and acupressure and tapping, which I've talked about. There's qigong and tai chi and uh, waking up the meridians. There's shaking. There's so many different ones out there, but being able to release the tension in your body because it does build up over time and it is well within your agency to control that outcome. You want to stretch every day. Between 6 and 10 is arguably the best time. Sometimes people like it in the morning, but I would still argue that the evening is the best time and there is some science around that. I won't get into it right now. If you want to get deep into science, feel free to send me a text and I will send you references that you can go down a big old rabbit hole, scientific white papers, research papers that have been done. But honestly, if that's what you need to better yourself, this might not be the podcast for you. Who I'm speaking to is for people who already know and trust that there is a bit of divinity in our world and that we're here for a reason and that there's purpose and that they want to take the agency that they have, take it back and control how they feel. And if you're questioning that, I don't know that you're going to find support in that here necessarily. I think if you need a bunch of science in order to know what you feel good, you're probably a bit lost. So maybe use the reframing tool there and just try it. Because most science is rigged anyway. Most scientific research studies are completely rigged. They're backed by certain pharmaceuticals, by certain not-for-profits, and they have an agenda with their outcome. Your agenda for your outcome should be what makes you feel better, what's better for you, what's the healthiest that you could be. And it doesn't matter about anybody else. That's why I'm not saying do this. I'm saying here's 101 things that you could try. and over the course of your lifetime, maybe 60 or 70 of them will stick and they will in turn better your life, the quality of your life and the quantity as well. If you're not looking to get better, you can shut it off now because like I said at the beginning, this is for people who are looking for different things that they can try in the new year. And Hopefully, after some trial and error, you've found a dozen or so that you can land on and focus on in 2024. And then each and every year, you increase more. There's probably 20 new things on this list that weren't on my last year's list 
that I've already implemented. And there was 80 that I carry forth from, you know, the last two and a half decades. It's really just figuring out what works for you. And if you practice it long enough, maybe you find after two months or a month or three months or whatever your practicing period is that you've committed to, if it's not a fit for you now, guess what? It's a tool that goes back in your tool bag. And while it may not suit you in your 30s, you might need it in your 50s. You might need it in your 40s. You might need it when life gets more stressful. There you go. Wow, there's a lot of them on here. Uh, massaging your big toes. Fantastic. Your big toes carry 40% of your body weight in force just on a regular step. Isn't that wild? I'm pretty sure that statistic is fairly accurate. Your big toe is huge when it comes to balance, when it comes to longevity, when it comes to preventing falls down the road. Such good stuff. Can't get into it. Rubbing your ears. My nephew as a youngster, always rubbed his ears. And if given the opportunity when he was being held, he'd rub yours too. <laughs> My dad always gave him grief, but it's fantastic. You have acupressure and acupuncture points all around the outside of your ear and just inside your ear that really can stimulate just about every meridian in your body. Same with your feet, same with your hands. These are huge collection areas of energy and by giving yourself hand massage by a foot massage or if that sounds too hard rubbing your ear could really help i find it very relaxing there's a couple like relaxation points in your hands and feet and head and ears and they're fantastic and it takes 10 seconds to rub them breathe through your nose people this is like for everyone unless you have broken your nose like a dozen times and you can't even breathe through it Breathing through your nose has so many health benefits and it is huge. Breathe through your nose. Go to bed earlier, like in between nine and 10 o'clock consistently. Let your body figure out how much time it needs to fall asleep, to maintain sleep, to get deep restorative sleep and wake up on its own. If you can wake up without an alarm, you're on your way to living the good life. I have not used an alarm to wake up in well over 20 years. And I still wake up at the exact same time because I go to bed at the same time. So going to bed is the key. Going to bed earlier than most people do, between 9 and 10, that's the key to starting your next day off. Eat whole foods. This is huge. So look to whatever gradient works for you. Decrease processed foods. No boxes, no bags, no barcodes. There are very few things right now that I consume. I'm just trying to think of them. There's a couple that are not fresh and whole, that are not whole vegetables, that are not whole fruits, that are whole nuts, that are whole meats, or I don't do dairy, I don't do red meat, but like wild caught fish, not farmed, not canned, canned if it's like home canned, but not a can of tuna, not that kind of fish, not that kind of seafood eat whole foods, huge. Meditate. Even if it's 30 seconds and you're just giving yourself a mantra, you are repeating an incantation. Maybe you're on the rebounder bouncing in the morning. You can do a moving meditation. Stillness is something different. You can also do a still meditation, but you can do a walking meditation. I have for years and years, and there's still a lot of benefit in it. There's great benefit in being able to sit still 
as well, but to each their own. Gentle eye pressure, like turning your palms over. I learned this in the mid 90s, especially if your hands are cold. Wow, it's great. And just gently putting pressure on your eyelids. A lot of these obscure ones, maybe like sticking your finger in your ear or rubbing your big toe or God, clenching your butt. <laughs> these stimulate our 10th cranial nerve, otherwise known as the vagus nerve, which really innervates our entire body, all of our organs down to the tips of our toes, tips of our fingers. So there's so many things that you can do to communicate with your body that you're present. I'm with you. Give it a little flex. I'm with you. I'm here. I'm open. I'm trying to listen to you. I'm hearing. We're in communication. Okay. There's nothing more important than the relationship you have with yourself, with your body. Nothing. It affects every single thing you have ever done and will ever do. Just facts. Um, dance. Do a little jig, even if you're doing it in your car while you're listening to a podcast. While you're listening to music, while you're singing, while you're humming, because those are things too. Humming, singing, purring, all Vegas stimulating, but also great to do. Tuning forks, fantastic. Nourishing yourself with really good food, back to the whole foods. I believe in a fast and famine sort of cycle, if you will. I try to eat all of my day's calories in a smaller window of time. I think in general, in North America, we eat way too much. We have abundance. It's a beautiful thing. And of course, we've taken it for granted. And as a result, we have all kinds of unethical behavior when it comes to animal slaughter and raising animal and raising crops of all kinds, tons of pesticides, just really nasty things that we've done for the sake of money and uh, profit. However, we could do so much more and be so much happier and so much healthier. We just eat less, just eat less. Now, if you're eating shitty, as in processed foods, eating out, McDonald's, chips, processed sugar, that's going to be really hard for you to do. And you're probably going to be like, I could never do that. I have such an appetite. I'd be starving. You're not starving when you eat whole foods. Those are just facts. Anyone who is eating a whole food diet without sugar, without gluten, likely without dairy, and is not on any prescription drugs, I would almost guarantee that they feel better eating less food. The reason you want more food, hear me, the reason that you are hungry, the reason that you crave things is because you're consuming sugar. You're consuming sugar and you have a massive imbalance within your body or you're just straight up consuming sugar. Give it some thought. We are what we eat. They were right about that. Not about the pyramid. That's all bullshit. That's all run by big food. It's garbage. All of the daily allowance bullshit we've been listening to for 50 years. Complete propaganda. It's complete nutter bullshit. If you eat whole foods, you will know. And if you don't, you won't. It's like childbirth. I don't think I could begin to explain it to someone or share my experience on it if I haven't done it. Posture. This one goes under the radar a lot, but it's massive. How you hold yourself, whether your shoulders are back or whether they're slumped forward, changes everything. How your organs align in your body is dependent on a certain amount of 
structure of posture. So give that some thought. A lot of us, if we're looking down at our phone a lot, or we sleep on our sides at night, or we wear shitty shoes, especially heels. Women, stop doing that. Stop. I know it's hard hearing that from someone who's six feet tall. Dude, stop wearing high heels. Yikes. Once in a while is one thing, but for women that wear them every day, you can get calf definition in far more healthy ways. I'll just say this. When you go back to the barefoot technology and grounding, imagine you have two options for stability. You have a narrow, restricted platform that has minimal stability, arguably, and you have a wide, spread out, strength-filled platform that has substantial stability within it, which one would you choose? Now, obviously, if you're on YouTube right now, you can actually see the difference because I'm using my hands as examples. This constriction where members are compressed together, they don't have a lot of strength because they've been restricted and therefore they are not as strong or sound or balanced as something wide and spread out with each having strength amongst itself. So where the members are each strong in their own right, creating a more balanced and stronger position, which one would you rather have? If you look around in today's day and age, if action represents or is predicated on desire, most people are choosing to shove their foot into a very narrow, squished, unhealthy shoe because that's what we've been exposed to. Now, this might be one of the most important things I say today if you actually get it, if you understand physics. If we do a little reverse engineering, the majority of people are living into their 80s right now. The majority of people are experiencing considerable decline between 60 and 80, typically predicated off a fall or ambulatory restriction, which means they don't walk as well. They're not as balanced. Why would you be if you've been wearing these shitty shoes for six decades? Look into barefoot technology. If you do one thing for yourself for the rest of your life, let it be right now. Looking into barefoot technology, they have a wider toe box. They allow your muscles in each of your toes to actually act independently and give you gripping stability that you need. As we get older, you need that while you're going down the stairs, while you're going up the stairs, when it's icy out and you slip. That is what's going to save your ass. Imagine the difference between not having that strength in your feet and slipping and falling and breaking a hip or a knee or an elbow, right? Versus having that stability, not having the fall to begin with. Those 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s into your centurion years, they will be filled with opportunity because you will be mobile. You'll be able to move. You'll be able to walk up and down stairs. You'll be able to lift things up. You will have a stronger platform, stronger foundation to work from. If you hear nothing else in the 40 episodes I've put out this year, 
I wish for you that. I don't have any sponsorship, though I own a dozen pairs of different barefoot technologies, a few different brands that I love and I wear every single day. And I will tell you that after you try them, you want to wean yourself off of the pair you have. Don't wear barefoot technology straight out the gate because you likely don't have the muscles built up in your calves and your feet to maintain them. It's a different foot strike. It's a different feel. It uses different muscles and it's far more straining to begin with if you've been wearing heels or platforms or just big inch stuffy tennis shoes. So you want to wean yourself off of those and into these, but eventually you won't want to wear anything else. And they're actually quite stylish now. They got a lot of different colors, a lot of different styles. They're fantastic. And your balance improves. That's what's most important. Okay. That's what's most important. Most people go downhill and find real depression and issues accumulating after a fall in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And that's why they say it's downhill from there because it's hard to regain that once you have hampered your ability to move freely. It's harder to exercise. It's harder to walk. It's harder to do these things. And then you fall and then it becomes harder to do them. Just avoid all of the hard and try yourself out with some barefoot technology shoes. Let me know how you get on. Okay. Let me see. I got a little list here that I'm trying to run off of. So let me see what I've mentioned. So eat whole foods, meditate, contemplate. Like that one. Listen, ask better questions. Get to bed at nine o'clock for us in the Northern Hemisphere. Ground, stretch between six and 10 p.m. Breathe through your nose. Dance, get out and walk. Focus on movement. You can shake, let stress and tension out of your body. Get out in the sunshine, be in nature. You can write a letter can do some Shinrin Yoku forest bathing, stretch, smile, do, I call it ice face, but it's really a face plunge into an ice bucket or ice bowl. Actually, there's a bit of science out now that show that you can get the same effects from just putting your face in a bowl of ice water as you can by doing a six minute plunge. So I do that. It's much faster. 10 seconds on your face or two minutes in the shower, 10 seconds on my face, much better. Stretch, track. So any of these things you're gonna do after a certain amount of time, you need to track so you can see if they really are benefiting you. I mean, if you really love them and they're benefiting you, you wanna do them anyway, it's still valuable to track. Nourish yourself, eating in a smaller window of time, eating less, massaging your big toe, massaging your ears, take deep breaths. Oh, that's a good one. Just be. Mineralize. Oh my goodness. Look at your mineral consumption. I think the majority of North Americans are mineral deficient, not just vitamin deficient, but mineral deficient. So you want to look into mineralizing, whether you're doing shilajit or another compound, you can get a lot of those minerals back by utilizing Celtic salt or pink Himalayan salt. No one, in my opinion, should be eating or consuming table salt. Absolutely not. There's just no reason to be using iodized salt. Um, yeah, I'm not, I can't even go down that wormhole right now. But if you're using any salt in your house, pink Himalayan salt or Celtic salt, those are the two salts you should be using for 100% health reasons. You're not going to taste really the difference, but your body will thank you. 
because the other stuff is absolute shit. Focus on your sleep. You can check out certain frequencies or tuning forks, laugh, improve your posture. My stable table, so focusing on your hydration, your movement, your nutrition, your sleep, count your blessings, trust the process. Process is what we say up here. I say, trust it. You're not going to find out things that you like without trying them. You're just not. And trying them once and saying you don't like them, I guess that's like dating someone one time and being like, absolutely not. Do you really know that much about them? Sometimes you do. Sometimes they just rub you the wrong way. It's not a fit. But if you're committed to trying, how much do you try before you quit? It's a good question to ask yourself. Connect with others. If you need to do any clearing or forgiveness work, you're forgiving not them for their transgressions, but you're forgiving yourself for holding on to them. And then you're freeing yourself. Just let it go. Karma will come back around to them. Don't you worry. Exposure to heat or cold, sauna, showers, the face plunge, the photobiomodulation. There's a lot of options in there. Lie down, prioritize what's important to you, and then live as though others will need to know through your actions what those priorities are. Value-based living. Laugh, sit up straight, Use a rebounder, which is a little tiny trampoline, tapping. You can use visualization, incantation, mudras, ask better questions of yourself, move your body, raise your standards, hydrate, write shit down, journal, get it out of your head so you're not carrying it around there. If it's important, it'll come back to you. Reframe, be still, flex and relax, flex those muscles and then relax. Good practice, qigong, tai chi acupressure, acupuncture, massage, tapping, blink your eyes, breath work, stay curious. Some other things that might benefit you in the new year to try to delete or limit. You can limit your EMF exposure. We have a lot of Wi-Fi signals running around. There's a number of things that you could do. There's harmonizers you can buy. You can turn your phone on airplane mode in the night. Definitely don't keep it in your bedroom. So it's a very bad habit. Look into mold exposure. Make sure that if you have any breathing issues, encumbrances going on, any asthmatic responses or allergies, take a look at possible mold or toxin exposure. If you're drained, tired, look into possibly mercury or heavy metal detoxing. Celery juice is great for that. Just wash your celery really well. Don't drink with your meal. Don't drink anything with your meal. If you had to, and you must drink beer or wine because it's life or death, then that with your meal is better than anything else. But not drinking with your meal and not drinking and consuming alcohol is great. Alcohol is a poison to the body. There's no argument across the board that will stand up against that. It is straight up a poison. It's hard on your kidneys, hard on your liver. It has all sorts of metabolic issues. It worsens your sleep no matter what you think. Well, I sleep great after I've had one. Nope. That's not true. You feel like you do, but I'm here to tell you that what you feel and what your body is actually going through are very seldom congruent, certainly if you're drinking. So things you can limit to decrease sugar, alcohol, weed, prescription drugs, drugs of any kind, dairy, gluten, anything GMO, non-organic fruit, caffeine, arguably, ultra-processed foods, easy to get rid of. Snacking in general, 
easy to get rid of. We do not need to snack. If you're eating whole foods, one to two meals a day, three, if you're going to squeeze them into a smaller window, you do not need any snacks. Your body needs a break from digesting. Think about it. We're not cows. We don't graze all day long. We're not meant to graze all day long. A lot of us do graze all day long. Curb it. No screens in the bedroom. No screens after dark. And for the love of God, don't use perfumes. Stop using perfumes, fragrances, so toxic. Endocrine disruptors, a lot of these have been tied to causing infertility. There's no question a lot of the issues that come have come up in the last decade or so are related to these very easily controlled substances that we have grown addicted to. Stop the sugar, stop the alcohol, stop prescription drugs, stop fragrances, stop processed foods. These are big things. And if you feel like stopping it is too much, it changes your identity, then all the more, I invite you to reframe and take a look at that. So if you feel like it's impossible to, what's controlling you? Are you in control of that decision? Because I don't know. Sounds questionable. Look at adding healthy fats into your diet because they are essential. Avocado and extra virgin olive oil certified, both of those daily handful of pecans or walnuts, pretty much all the healthy fat you need. That's it every day. Easy peasy. Okay. I think that's a good enough list to get started. It probably was somewhere, uh, I'm going to say 101. There's a lot of things we can do to optimize each and every day. I think of the list I just gave you as parts of a language. There are certain things within language that allow us to communicate and to express ourselves in a multitude of ways. We have nouns, we have verbs, we have prepositions, we have articles, God knows we have pronouns. I like to look at living and loving and self-care, thriving as a verb that needs to be conjugated. I'll say that again. Living, like thriving, not just having a heartbeat and having brain function, but truly being alive, like thriving. It's a verb. You have to do and be to have. There will come circumstances where the abilities you have at this moment cannot resolve, solve, or handle what you'll be up against. And you will either have a quick learning curve, baptism by fire, or it'll take you down, the battle of life. Knowing that, you can prepare yourself. You can arm yourself with skills, with techniques, with insight, with commitment, with discipline, with work ethic. You can arm yourself now by learning all the various ways that you could conjugate this verb of thriving. And by having the most varied, effective tools in your tool bag, you will be able to weather nearly every and any storm that comes your way. But it starts now. It starts today. It takes no time. It takes no money. Anything I've told you on here, with the exception of very few things, would cost you more than what you're paying for now, i.e. whole foods are actually, in the end, much cheaper, even organic, than processed foods. 
The reason being is you consume a lot more processed foods. It takes a lot of chips, a lot of cookies, a lot of crackers, a lot of crap to sustain what two and a half ounces of protein, a cup of vegetables, and a whole grain would sustain you. It costs pennies in comparison to the dollars that you spend on crappy food. Laughing, improving your posture, blinking your eyes, flexing, relaxing, humming, singing, ice water in a bowl with your face dipped in it for 10 seconds. Cost you nothing, all of those things, nothing. You don't have a rebounder, you don't have a jump rope. You can just bounce on your toes. You don't have the money for barefoot technologies, take your barefoot technology shoes, take your shoes off and go walk around outside. You'll get the same benefit. You can stuff some newspaper into the toe of your shoe and stretch it out for free. And then when you have $14 to spare, you go on Amazon and buy proper shoe stretchers, 14 bucks, and you put those in your shoes and you widen the toe box. It's not going to help your zero drop, but it's a start. These are all very economical. What Brian Johnson spends $2 million a year doing, I spend less than 60 grand. I know it sounds like a lot, but that's like my whole life. That's like a chef, a trainer, a massage every week, acupuncture every two weeks. Dude, this is very approachable. Journaling, counting your blessings, tracking what you're doing. Costs nothing. Costs nothing. Or does it? All these things that I say are free that cost you nothing, you know what the cost is of not doing them? Sickness, which I think is really expensive, but profitable. So there's going to be a lot of people out there that just prefer that you go down that route because that's where money is made. That's not my jam. I'm not here to make any money off you. I'm here to give you ideas and to encourage you to take the best possible care of yourself. And if you think you're taking good care of yourself now, then raise your standards. Even after 27 years of taking very good care of myself, each and every day, I can always get better. I can always do something that resonates more fully with me that feels great. I still have a lot of tools in my toolbox, but there's a lot of these that I have implemented into my everyday routine. And I do them almost subconsciously at this point. And you can too. And I want that for you. We're only here for most of you 100 years. It should be a great 100 years. It should be a thriving, exciting, fun 100 years. Wow, if you've made it this far, I think you definitely should join the wellness community. It's free. You can text me anytime. The number is 206-483-2960. You can text the word yes, sign up, and give me any feedback you have, anything you'd like to uh, debate, or if there's something that you really like that's in your self-care regimen that I didn't mention today, hit me up. We'll do a part two. We got two more weeks to bust ass to get you going in the right direction for the new year and for always. Be gentle with yourself. Until next time, be well. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel any part of this episode resonated with you, then please consider sharing it with a friend who may also find value in it. And remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And before you go, did you know we have a fantastic free text community? 
If you want more bite-sized health hacks and reminders delivered directly to your phone, absolutely free, then text keyword YES to 206-483-2960. Again, that's keyword YES to 206-483-2960. And we'll see you on the inside.